1: Then
2: he just says this. Remember, as foreigners and exiles, remind yourself we're pilgrims. This world is not our home and we're just on this path to heaven. And that outlook helps us accomplish all kinds of things so we don't get so tied up, focused here. And I'm to live different than the unbelieving world. And that's because they live with a focus on the earth That's kind of what their end is. That's what they think about.
0: We live differently. As a Christ follower, do you sometimes find it hard to keep remembering that this world is not the end of your existence? That there's another place being prepared for you by Jesus? Sure, the monotony of this life can certainly grind you down, and bad circumstances only make it worse. Pastor Mark will be teaching about Joseph the Prisoner. As an inmate, his daily routine would have been strictly controlled. And yet, you'll hear about his prospering while in prison and gaining favor with those around him. You'll get to learn how he did that and how you can apply those traits to your own life. Remember, there's quite a few ways to receive a copy of Pastor Mark's teaching. We'll be sharing all that information with you at the close of today's broadcast. Now, here's Pastor Mark in Genesis chapter 39 as he begins a new message called God's Amazing Knowledge and Wisdom.
1: Lord, let us hear your lessons
2: for Things are moving along quickly. It's a great book. Remember, Peter is writing to believers that are suffering a lot of persecution in the area of all of them living in. That country we would call today, Turkey, different in those days. We learned some amazing truths. Peter said this, but you are not like that for your chosen people, talking about us as believers. You're a royal priest, a holy nation, God's very own possession. As a result, you can show others the goodness of God. Now think about that. As a result, you can show others the goodness of God, for he called you out of the darkness and into his wonderful light. Peter's actually saying what the title for this teaching is. Christ followers represent God on the earth. You're a person of influence. And as a result, we can show others what God is like, how good he is, and that's where we kind of open things. Now, what Peter is going to say to all of us is basically this, that we have to remind ourselves that people are watching us. They're watching us. They're watching our lives. Sometimes we actually forget that fact. We just simply go through life and don't think anybody's really watching us. But that's not true. We are people of influence. And you and I... And it's a good reminder. You represent God on this earth. That's why you're here. Remember, Jesus came. And one of the reasons he came was not just the cross. He came to show us what God was like. And that's why you're here. One of our major roles is that you can show others the goodness of God. So that person of influence is every Christ follower. So I want you to shake up your neighbor, and I want you to say to them, people are watching how we live. Go ahead, just shake them up. Now, can I ask you a question? On a scale, don't shout it out. On a scale of, hmm, not a very good week, Zero. All the way to five. This is one of my better weeks of representing God. Ask yourself privately this last week. How did you represent God? Would God be proud of it? He said, Well, Pastor Mark, you didn't teach the lesson. I don't even remember. Good. That's why I'm teaching the lesson. To remind us that you are a representative of God in how you live. So Every one of us wants to make a difference in our world. You know that. I know that. And that difference brings us purpose and meaning. So when I'm doing what God has assigned me to do, be that person of influence, it builds myself up in my life as I follow him. Verse 11, dear friends, I urge you as foreigners and exiles to abstain from sinful desires Which wage war against your soul. First thing Peter does as he's getting this information to the Christians who are suffering greatly, notice what he calls them, dear friends. You know, there's times in life when you need to hear somebody say that, dear friend. And that's exactly what Peter's doing. He's reminding them that he is their earthly shepherd. He cares for them. Now, he probably didn't know all of them by name, but he's saying to them, you need to understand that I'm your shepherd. I care for you. That's why I'm writing this to you. And not only do I care for you, but God cares for you. And you need to know in this church, the pastors and elders care for you. We're your earthly shepherds. But not just that. God cares for you. and Sometimes we just need that encouragement because of the things we go through. But then the second thing Peter does is this. He challenges them to live godly lives in a very secular world that really has no use for God. And specifically in their personal relationships. Then he just says this. Remember, as foreigners and exiles, remind yourself we're pilgrims. This world is not our home, and we're just on this path to heaven. And that outlook helps us accomplish all kinds of things so we don't get so tied up, focused here. And I'm to live different than the unbelieving world. And that's because they live with a focus on the earth. That's kind of what their end is. That's what they think about we live differently. And then he says this, notice, abstain from sinful desires. Now why in the world would he write a Christian, these suffering Christians, that kind of a statement? Well, because we're in a spiritual battle, all of us. And we battle our old sinful nature all the time. You don't really need for me to say that to you, but that's exactly true. Every single one of us are in a battle, and it's going to last how long? Forever. Isn't that good news? You want to turn to your neighbor and go, that's exciting. No, don't do that at all, (laughs) because that's really the truth, though. We're going to battle that old sinful nature. Now, I want you to keep your finger right there in 1 Peter, and let's go a little forward and go to the book of Galatians. Galatians. Let's turn to Galatians chapter five. And you will see and be reminded of the battle that we're in. When Paul Paul wrote the book of Romans, he addressed that battle in chapters five, six, and seven and kind of gave us a solution in chapters eight. So he's writing again to the Galatians. Look at verse 16, if you will. So I say... Live by the Spirit, and you will not gratify the desires of the sinful nature, which still lives in all of us. For the sinful nature desires what is contrary to the Spirit, and the Spirit what is contrary to the sinful nature. So how many remember way back, this goes back for older people, used to have little dogs, and they'd have a little kind of magnet on the bottom of them. How do you remember they're putting those dogs in? Put them together and click together. And if you had it wrong, they, what it, 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 per, it forced them apart. That's what he's saying. Inside of us, we have the spirit and we have our own nature. And they're at battle. They're against each other. It's always going on in our life. Now, they are in conflict with each other so that you do not do what you want. That's what Paul said once. The things I want to do, I don't do the things I shouldn't do. I'm drawn to them. That's the battle. Now, what are those sinful nature, those desires, sinful desires, what do they look like? Can we put a kind of a summary of what they look like? Yes, we can. Scoot on down to verse 19. The acts of the sinful nature are obvious. Sexual Immorality, one of the biggest struggles we have in our world because one of the most powerful things that God gave us was a sexual desire. It's a good thing, but the enemy knows how to use it. Sexual immorality, impurity, debauchery, idolatry, and witchcraft. Now, Don't think of that like in India or whatever. Think of idolatry as something that has replaced God in your life, first place. Remember in Mark, we learned the cares of this world, the deceitfulness of riches and other things come in and replace God, and we're just so busy with the normal things of life that we're not fruitful anymore. And he goes on, hatred, back to personal relationships, discord, jealousy, fits of rage, and here's one that hits all of us, selfish ambition, dissensions, factions, envy, drunkenness, orgies, and the like. That's just a summary of it. So here's the first thing I want you to write down. People are watching, so abstain from sinful desires. See, if we claim that we're Christians and those things are evident in our lives, we are not talking about the goodness of God. That's when people go, and they probably don't necessarily say it to us unless they get into a thing where we're challenging them, that's where they are got to go, yeah, that that person claims to be a Christian. He doesn't live any different than the rest of us. Forget it. Forget it. See, we're not a good influence. We're, we're people of influence, but in those cases, we're not a good influence. So remember where that battle starts. Where does all this battle of my flesh And the spirit, where does it start? It's here, it's in the mind. And so Peter's writing them so they can read this in their mind and be reminded that this battle is basically on the inside of us. And if we say to Satan, when he brings those thoughts to us, you you need to get even with that person. Look what they did to you and whatever. Or you're watching a TV program and you go, whoa, whoa, whoa. Anybody around? I guess I'll just want. No, no, no. You say, no, I'm not going there. I'm not going there. And if you'll do that, those temptations are stopped and the victory comes from the inside. But where does it show? In our lifestyle. On the outside. It shows right there. Now go back to 1 Peter chapter 2 and watch what he says. Look at verse 12. Live such good lives among Pagans. Whenever you see pagans, they were pagans. They didn't believe in God. But just insert the word unbelievers. That's the way we would do it today. Live such good lives among the unbelievers that though they accuse you of doing wrong, and we're going to see this a lot, they may see, the word is observe, that watch you, your good deeds. And because of that, glorify God on the day that he visits us. This is a key verse in the passage we're studying. Here's what you want to write. People are watching, so we need to live good lives. And unbelievers will then automatically understand that God, who we serve, is good. So when Peter writes this, he says... It doesn't matter what's happening to you. And we're going to see this a lot, that sometimes unfair things happen to us. People accuse us of things that we're not guilty of. How we handle that is a big deal. Because my normal reaction is to get back at them. No, you're a liar. What's wrong with you? I'm not that way at all. But Peter's trying to tell them, you're going to have more and more of this happening, as Peter did. And when this happens, you can overcome that. And you can overcome it with the things of the spirit. Now, here is the opposite of sinful lust, the flesh. This is the opposite. Look at this. But the Holy Spirit produces this kind of fruit in our lives. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self control. That's what we're all aiming for. That's the fruit of the Spirit. It starts with love and is expressed that way. So look at those things and ask yourself this week. I did myself because I had to study this all week. Is that evident in my life? So much so that it shows and people can see that my God is good. Because I have the Holy Spirit in me helping me to do those things. So I'm to abstain, the word means keep away from, sinful desires for two reasons. For my own spiritual health, but also to make sure that I'm representing God as he really is, holy and good. What did you sing tonight? He is good. He is good. He'll never let me down. He'll never let me down. He's good. He's good. That's what people need to know because they simply don't know about God. Let me read to you from Titus. This is a trustworthy saying, and I want you to insist on these teachings so that all who trust in God will devote themselves to doing good. These teachings are good and beneficial for everyone. Then in the next verse, Peter introduces two words one of them is an s word we don't like it submit another word is authority we kind of like it if we are the person in authority so here we go first peter 2:13 submit yourselves this is how we abstain from those things submit yourselves for the lord's sake to every human authority now, that's a broad statement. We'll kind of unpack it tonight. Whether to the emperor or the, as the supreme authority or to governors who are sent by him to punish those who do wrong and to commend those who do right. Of course, our authorities would be different. Congress, the police, the school teachers. We'll see later employers, the president as I said, the local governing people as we walk through this. Now, look at what Romans 13.1 says. I think, isn't it amazing? Peter must have heard Paul teach this because it's the very same thing. Of course, we all heard Jesus basically teach this. Look at Romans 13.1. Everyone must, say it with me, himself to the governing authorities, for there is no authority, now watch this, except that which God has established. Let's just stop for a moment. In our country, who establishes the presidency? You say, well, I voted. Yes, that's right, you should. But who established it? God. Now, in this day and age, who is in authority? Where Peter is. Peter's in Rome. Who's in authority? It's the Romans. His name is? Nero, the one that burned Christians, poured tar over them, and burned them to death for lights. God established him. Remember when we went through the book of Daniel? Nebuchadnezzar, all of those people, God's established them. So he has a purpose as he's doing that. And that, sometimes we just don't get it. Actually, most of the time we don't get it. God, what are you trying to do with that? So notice, Except that which God has established, the authorities that exist have been established by God. So what is that statement saying? As you stop and think about that authority, who has all authority? Exactly, because it just says it. Everything, he's sovereign. He has all authority. And as this comes, you'll see what that means in our lives So our lives today, different country, different time, different kind of authorities, but our lives are made up of authority and submission. That's the way we live. None of us, no matter what people think, live to ourselves. So here's how you want to write the definition. Write this down, if you will. Authority, the right to exercise power. God gives people in authority the right to exercise power. Sometimes it's godly power. Sometimes it's from Satan, but God allows that. Now, all authorities that exist have been established by God, all the way from the all the way to the back and all the way to the future. Ultimate authority comes from God, and He ordains or assigns all authority. Now. There's lots of divine institutions, but the three main ones that God established so that we could function with order. Now, think about this. Authority is given so the home, the government, and the church. Those three things God designed specifically. The home, the church, and the government. He put authority in it so there would be order. And not chaos. What we see all over our world now is what? Chaos from these authorities because they're not following God. And it, the place is just absolutely chaos. Our country is in chaos. And you see it all the time. Here we are in New York again this week. Another chaotic situation. Now, how does submission fit in with that? Well, here's submission. Submission write this down if you've never heard me speak on this. Submission is a loving attitude that wants to cooperate. It's an action, but not an action without an attitude. It's an action and an attitude. It's both. I want to cooperate. I want to cooperate. It's actually a military term, which means to put things in proper order. Now, By and large, because we're individuals and we kind of want to do our own thing, remember? One of the fruits of the Spirit we're after is self-control rather than us being out of control. We don't like the term submit, but it's God's principle to bring order and blessings to every single part of our life. Submission is the foundation of all relationships. There is no healthy relationship without submission. It just doesn't work. And it, the submission doesn't start with human relationship. Your life will be in order if you first submit to God as authority. When I don't, my life is in chaos. It just goes off the wall because the authority that's established to bring me control and to bring me purpose and meaning is me submitting. My will to God.
0: Today, Pastor Mark reminded you that God arranges the lives of those who follow him. You got to see that in the life of Joseph, as God arranged Joseph's release from prison after two years, this was a reminder to you to be patient and wait for God's timing for your life. In addition, you learned that you need to focus on letting God mature you so that you can be used by him. We know social media is a big part of everyone's lives and it's a great way to stay connected with each other. We'd like to add a little bit of joy and Jesus to your Facebook and Twitter pages, so come like and follow us. You'll be able to keep up to date with all the latest information about Pastor Mark, the ministry of Lessons for Living, and the church behind it, Calvary Chapel, Melbourne. Visit LessonsForLivingRadio.com and follow the links to connect. That's LessonsForLivingRadio.com. This completes this portion of Pastor Mark's teaching, God's Amazing Knowledge and Wisdom. Next time, he'll be talking about a couple of unpleasant topics, submission to government and to your employer. You'll learn what God means by the term submission and how you can apply it to your life as a citizen as well as an employee. It might not be what you think it is, so you'll want to listen in. We wish we had more time today, but we will have to pick up where we left off next time as Pastor Mark continues teaching through this series, Trusting God in the Ups and Downs of Life. That's next time on Lessons for Living.
1: In a hurry